Uh, greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and also greetings to those joining us online right now. You know, today we come to the fourth Sunday of Easter. You know, just a show of hands here, how many of you here were at the Easter sunrise service? A few hands. Okay, why am I asking that question? Because today I'm going to share a part two of that message. So for those who were at the Easter sunrise service, that was the part one, this is the part two. So what happened after Easter Sunday, after the resurrection of Jesus? For the next 40 days, Jesus taught and ministered to his disciples in preparing them for his ascension into heaven. In this message, I'll be sharing a significant event known as the road to Emmaus that took place just days after the resurrection of Christ. You know, if you have your Bibles with you, at this point, let's turn together to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read verse 13 to 35 and be reading from the New International Version. But may I invite, you know, as we read this passage together, you are going to invite all of us here to read it together. But I'm going to have three groups of scripture readers. First, the ladies will be the narrator. You'll be reading the words in black. And there's another category. There'll be the two disciples. So the men, you'll be reading the words in blue. And for me, I'll read the words of Jesus in red. So can we do this together? Okay, just follow according to the, the color on the text on the screen. Verse 13, the ladies can begin first. Now that the same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus said, along that with them, but that they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to the sentence to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is small, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they were recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? 
they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those who It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on that day and how Jesus was recognized when he broke the bread. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. Thank you everyone for your kind participation even as we read and hear God's word together. Let me open us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we listen to your living word for us today, May you open up our hearts to you and allow your word to come alive in our hearts. Will you hide me behind your cross as I share your word and may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, if Jesus were to walk in our midst today, will you recognize him? You know, many of us may have a picture of what Jesus may have looked like from the many different films about Jesus over the years. You know, researchers have observed that Jesus was probably of average height. Maybe he had brown eyes, black hair, you know, lightly thin but somewhat muscular for his work as a carpenter. But nowhere in the gospel writings has any of the scribes described the physical appearance of Jesus Christ. You know, as we reflect back at this passage that we just read earlier, you know, Cleopas and his companion had probably just heard the news that their beloved Jesus had been crucified. And not only that, but the tomb where he was buried was now empty. You know, as they made their way to Emmaus, you know, they were sad. They were in despair over the Lord's crucifixion. You know, they were lightly deep in thought, devastated, of when they heard about the report from the woman concerning the empty tomb. You know, likewise, at such times of despair, you know, we may be so fixated at our own problem, that even when Jesus walks with us, we may not even recognize His presence with us. And that was what happened when the two disciples were on the road to Emmaus. And today I'm going to share with us four lessons on how we can have a, that fresh encounter with our risen Christ. And at first, we experience the risen Christ with our hearts. Second, we can understand the risen Christ with our minds. Third, we recognize the risen Christ with our eyes. And then as our lives are changed from the encounter, we can proclaim the risen Christ with our lips. First, let me start with the first lesson here with our hearts. If you read verse 17 again, it sets the context of how Jesus prepared the hearts of the two disciples here. He asked them, you know, what are you discussing together as you walk along? You know, at that point, they stood still, their face were downcast. And Jesus responded with a follow-on question if you read on in verse 19. He asked, you know, what things? The question that Jesus asked was to give the two disciples the space and an opportunity to express their sorrow and disappointment. And this is actually a very powerful discipleship lesson that we can learn from here. You know, it's okay to lament to God. It's okay to express our feelings, to express our emotions to Christ. You know, lamenting to God can be actually the most faithful thing to do as we lay ourselves bare before Christ with our own emotions. Because we are saying to God that even in our times of sorrow, we still believe that He is listening to us. 
You know, besides giving the disciples the space to lament, you know, Jesus also deeply touched their hearts. In verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You know, the disciples suddenly realized that their hearts were burning within them while Jesus was expounding the scriptures. They suddenly experienced the conviction of the word of God being proclaimed and their hearts, that stirred their hearts. You know, when was the last time you felt your heart suddenly burning within? You know, perhaps that was the same kind of strangely warm experience that our founder John Wesley had when he wrote on 24th May 1738 in his journal. If you know what took place, you know, John Wesley was at this chapel and the preface of the book of Romans was being read. And Wesley shared this reflection. I felt my heart strangely warm. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. You know, such a heartwarming experience did not only happen to these two disciples or with John Wesley. Now I'm sure maybe some of us may have such a strangely warm experience before in our journey of faith. You know, I once heard this church member who shared this story with me. You know, one day she bought this new Bible. She placed that Bible on her chest and she whispered this prayer. You know, Lord, I may not have read the whole Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. However, I do know that I love your word. You know what followed after that simple prayer? Was a warm sensation that filled her whole upper chest and lingered for a few seconds. You know, at that time, she could not comprehend that whole experience. But she shared that she remembered she felt much joy. She felt a peace within her heart that night, knowing that Jesus was there with her. And that is how we too can experience the risen Christ in our hearts as well. Secondly, we encounter the risen Christ by understanding Christ with our minds. If you read in verse 27, Lewis wrote, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You know, here we renew our minds and we understand who the risen Christ is by reading all of Scripture. You know, the Scriptures at that point was essentially the Old Testament in Jesus' time. And as Jesus explained from the Old Testament, He explained from Moses to the prophets on what Scriptures taught to the two disciples. You know, today, we have the complete Scriptures before us. You know, we have the both the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. And because of hindsight, we can now see how Jesus claimed that the Old Testament promises was unified in Him. Jesus was a prophet like Moses. He is the son of David, the suffering servant, the Messiah, the son of man, all wrapped together in that one person. You know, Jesus' life involved both suffering and triumph. And the bridge between the two stages was the resurrection. And this is why Jesus claimed to be teaching what the whole scriptures taught. 
The two disciples could have discussed the subject for days and never arrived at a satisfactory answer until they came to a fresh understanding of the Word of God as Jesus gave them the understanding to them at that moment. And this is where we come to the second discipleship lesson here. You know, we need to read all of Scripture instead of just you know, focusing on a few favorite Bible passages or maybe just reading a few books of the Bible. You know, when we know the context of the entire Scriptures, we can understand God's full redemption, full redemption story and our role in it. You know, one practical way to help one understand all of Scripture is to look for good resources out there. You know, one good resource I can recommend to understand how to read the Bible in its original historical and cultural context, and also that provides some handles on how we can apply it in your life, is this book, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. You know, this was one of the highly recommended books that we read during our time in theological studies. But I know you, besides using tools to study scripture, you know, there's actually something powerful about reading and learning about scriptures as a community. You know, here in Wesley Methodist Church, we have many different types of discipleship causes. You know, how many of you here have done Disciple One before? Maybe a show of hands. See a few hands here. Well, there's Disciple One, Disciple Two, Three, and Four. But you know, in Disciple One alone, it's a 34 week study where if you complete the 34 weeks of reading scripture, you have at least covered 80% of the entire Bible in that 34 weeks. You know, besides that, we also have our precept at Wesley Inductive Bible Study. You know, this is a course that helps us to go even dive deeper in a particular book of the Bible. Or, you know, if we prefer a more spiritual formation course, there's also Companions in Christ. You know, this is a 28 weeks course of discovering Christ through reflecting of Scripture devotionally through a community. And anyone here done Companions in Christ before? See a few hands as well. So Companions in Christ is a course that uh, Pastor Ray and myself just did last year uh, with a group of young adults. And you know, this is a course that really forms us as we read scripture devotionally, you know, through over a series of 28 weeks. You know, even as we read scriptures daily, you know, we understand the risen Christ more and God renews our mind and God transforms us to live out God's will. You know, just as Romans chapter 12 verse 2 describes. Now Paul said, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So as Jesus opened the scriptures, their minds were not only renewed, but the faith of the disciples came upon them. Even if I look back my own journey of faith, I can recall many times when I read scriptures and suddenly I felt a conviction of Christ, of God's truth. And that actually increased my faith in Him. You know, just as Romans 10 verse 17 describes, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So even like this, when we hear the, the word of God being preached, you know, our faith is increased. So going back to the passage, you know, we can see that suddenly Jesus opened their spiritual eyes. You know, they moved from experiencing Christ in their hearts to understanding Christ with their minds 
to suddenly recognizing the risen Christ with their eyes. And it's the third lesson we can learn from this passage. In verse 30, when he was at a table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. You know, someone once shared this. When you go through a major tragedy, your eyes are changed. You know, they realized that Jesus was not only alive, but Jesus was right there with them. And this is the third discipleship lesson for us to reflect on. Do we recognize the risen Christ with our spiritual eyes? Do we recognize the risen Christ with our spiritual eyes? You know, earlier I shared at the start of the sermon, you know, sometimes in our despair, you know, when there's so much challenges before us, you know, we can be so fixated at all our challenges, our problems, that even when Jesus is there with us, we may not even recognize Him. And that's what happened to the two disciples. You know, it took a little time for their hearts, their minds to catch up with each other. But finally it did. And immediately, after Jesus disappeared from their sight, they were convinced of the truth of His resurrection in their hearts, in their minds, and in their eyes. In a sense, they did not need to see Jesus anymore. Because the truth of Jesus Christ had already taken root within them. Their lives would not be the same. They left Jerusalem defeated and hopeless. But now they returned to Jerusalem rejoicing and full of hope because they had finally seen, they had recognized the risen Christ. And that's really the power of encountering Christ today. When we encounter Christ, our lives are never the same again. And this is where we can proclaim the risen Christ with our lips. Sorry, my clicker can't... Yes, go back to the last slide. And this is where we can proclaim the risen Christ with our lips. In verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. And saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You know, friends, they were so fired up. They were so renewed with the encounter with Christ that they rushed off to tell the other disciples of the good news. You know, do you recall the last time you felt that way? When your lives were changed after you experienced the risen Christ for yourself? You know, when I reflected upon this question, you know, ever since I had my own personal encounter with Christ, you know, I was never the same person again. You know, some of you may have heard my testimony before. I grew up here in Wesley in a Christian family. I was even baptized in the sanctuary across here when I was an infant. I went to our Sunday school, the children's ministry. After that, I went to the youth ministry. 
But even though I grew up in a Christian family, I grew up in church, if I record my journey of faith, the first real experience I had of Jesus Christ was only when I went to a, a youth ministry camp. And I was 16 years at that point of time. And I remember a camp speaker was challenging us to give our full 100% life to Christ. And I recall the entire scene. He invited those who want to do that to respond, to come to the front. And I still remember at that moment when I felt so convinced by the truth of Christ. As I laid before the altar, giving my life to Christ, suddenly I felt a strong presence of Christ just filling me. And I felt a love from Him that, you know, I started tearing. I couldn't control my emotions. I was, I was almost wondering what had happened. But I knew God was there and God changed me entirely, literally in that one night. He changed, He transformed me. You know, I left that youth camp so filled by the love of Christ, so compelled by His love. You know, I wanted to share this love of Christ to almost everyone I met. Now I went back to school. I started sharing of what experience of Christ to my classmates. A few years later, I went to the national service. You know, I started proclaiming Christ, you know, to my army mates. You know, in fact, you know, I saw my two years national service. You know, it was like a mission trip for me. And because I was, I saw that time to really witness and testify who Christ is, you know, people started calling me Father Ben in camp. And I was the signal officer. So if you know, in the SCF, we have a call sign. So after a while, my call sign was pastor. And that was what people called me at that point. You know, to be honest, at that point, I enjoyed my time in the national service. I even almost signed on in the SAF. You know, I was shortlisted for a military training award. But I know God had a different plan for me. You know, but that's a story for another day. But why I'm sharing all this with us? Because the best evidence that we have understood scriptures and have experienced the living Christ is that we are excited to share the good news with others as well. Now let me share this again. The best evidence that we have understood scriptures and have experienced the living Christ is that we are excited to share, to proclaim this good news with others as well. You know, the two disciples immediately left Emmaus. They returned to Jerusalem to tell the other believers that they had met Christ. Imagine what a difference it would have made if our worship services, in our small groups, wherever we come together, we tell, we share, we proclaim the encounter we have with our risen Lord. And we don't only do that in church. You know, even after this, when we depart from the worship service, when we go back to the marketplace in our schools, in our army camps, and I pray that we have God will grant us divine appointments, He will grant us opportunities where we too can proclaim this good news of our risen Christ. So as I close this message today, are we encountering the risen Christ each day? It is my prayer and hope that we can experience the risen Christ with our hearts. We can understand the risen Christ with our minds. We can recognize the risen Christ with our eyes. And we can proclaim the risen Christ with our lips. Let us now close our eyes, bow our heads. Even for those who are joining us online, 
I want to give us this opportunity for us to have that fresh encounter with our risen Christ today. You know, perhaps some of us today, we may be like the two disciples. You are facing a crisis back home or in your workplace. You are feeling so discouraged, so downcast. You are low in spirit. You know, perhaps you have forgotten what it is like to experience the risen Christ in your life. Or perhaps there are some of us here you are on that grind of work each day. You are so overwhelmed with all the things that are happening. And you are just striving on day by day. Oh, I believe there are some here. Or maybe those who are watching online right now. Perhaps you have been coming to church for the longest time. But you have never received Jesus Christ into your life before. Now, friends, want to give us this opportunity. You know, wherever we are, whatever situations we may be in, this sacred moment where we can have that fresh encounter with our Lord again. You know, if that is you and you desire to have this heartwarming experience of Christ in your hearts, you know, wherever we are seated, even those online at home watching, can I encourage all of us at this point to just put our palms on our hearts and I want to pray with us. Come, let us pray. In a gracious Father, we give you thanks for what you did on the Easter Sunday more than 2,000 years ago. Where you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, on this earth to die on the cross for the sins of the world. But we know the story did not end there. As today, we have experienced your resurrected power. Lord, you know the situations we are in today. You know what each of us are going through in life. No, whatever it is, Lord, we pray. We want to have that fresh encounter with you again. Lord, will you pour your Holy Spirit upon us so that we can experience you in our hearts. Will you renew our minds even as we hear your holy word, even as we meditate on your scriptures daily? That even when trials, even when challenges comes, even when we are down and discouraged, we can recognize your living presence in our midst with our spiritual eyes. We also pray that you grant us the bonus, the courage. Will you lead us with divine appointments we lead us to opportunities so that we can proclaim your good news with our lips to anyone that you place along our path. So Lord, we surrender ourselves to you today. And we pray all this in your Son's precious name, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen.